1: Welcome to the special live edition of Truth Jihad Radio. I'm Kevin Barrett, bringing on all sorts of interesting guests from all over the ideological and informational map, but mostly telling you things you'll never hear in the corporate-controlled mainstream. And if I do bring any mainstream defenders on here, I'm usually beating up on them and or vice versa. So you're going to hear something slightly fresh and new tonight. The second hour, we have a real... Live, uh, not just a real live, but the world's leading Buddhist Nazi ufologist. That's Brian Rue, my fellow Revolution Radio host. He'll be on along with Apollonius, who is an anti-Satanist provocateur who plagues, uh, I mean, haunts the comment section at the end's review and other places. And uh, really wanted to come on the show with Brian. So that'll be an interesting end of the show. Uh, Tradcat Night. Eric Gajewski is going to be on in the second half hour. But now, in the first half hour, I originally had scheduled Al hajmori Mori Salahan of the Afia Foundation, uh, founded for Afia Siddiqui. But he has been having health problems. And, you know, one of the cool things about knowing Gordon Duff, Veterans Today, is that he knows so much about so many things and he knows so many people. That Probably about half the topics I do on here, I could just bring him up as a substitute guest, and he probably would know as much about the topic as a lot of the specialist guests do, and that's probably true here. Uh, Gordon has actually been in touch with Imran Khan. He told me Imran Khan was going to be a future Pakistani leader um, year, many years before it actually happened. And he's been in touch with him about the Afia Siddiqui issue. And so I thought he would be a good guy to talk about it since Maury can't do it tonight. So, hey, welcome, Gordon. Good to have you back.
0: Well, you know, you've got an interesting story here, uh, One, a, a story that's probably – and I don't know how to how to express this. To me, one of the most shameful episodes uh in recent American history. And since you and I are the chroniclers of shameful episodes, uh it's near the top for me, uh right there. Yeah, and uh Me too. It doesn't get any worse. Uh, what you'll what you may know if you just Wikipedia it and that won't do do you much good, um uh, the articles that you would have to go to to be reasonably informed. You'd have to go to things that Kevin and I did maybe a decade ago. Uh, but um, let's tell you where it all starts. Valerie, uh, Valerie Plame is where it all starts. Valerie Plame, Joe Wilson, uh, Niger and Africa, and something called yellow cake uranium. This is where, afia comes from i can tell you what a who afia siddiqui was a, born and she's a physicist born in uh, pakistan phd um, married to a boston anesthesiologist afia siddiqui taught at the massachusetts institute of technology or mit as they call it on television she was a cia asset oh wait that. If we remember, remember, we take the clock back to after 9 11, we were looking for excuses, all fabricated at any, no matter what it took, to invade Iraq, that a country that had absolutely nothing to do with 9 11 whatsoever.
1: Yeah, like seven countries in five years.
0: Uh. Yeah, yeah. The, you wanted to deal with the 9 11 problem. I've seen the FBI files on it. That would be Israel, South Africa, Saudi, America, Saudi Arabia, and mostly the United States. Mostly, that's who did it. And I but thought it was mostly uh, Israel. No, it's it's a it's a it's a wider group than that, you know. And Israel, uh, the abomination of apartheid Israel isn't really a nation at all. It's more of a, an antisocial construct. But anyway, back to the, back to this story here. Uh, it's after nine eleven, And as an excuse for invading Iraq, which ended up killing a couple million people, even quite a few Americans, disabling around 350,000 American servicemen and women as well. But one of the reasons is because Saddam Hussein was buying... A, a product called yellow cake uranium, something that would co- take a tremendous amount of processing to turn into weapons-grade uranium using equipment that didn't exist in Iraq. Uh,
1: are you More, saying he was actually buying it or that this story was confusing?
0: Well, the, the, story, the story here Afia Siddiqui was being, being sought as part of a gang selling yellow cake uranium. This is what original charges were selling yellow cake uranium to uh, Saddam Hussein. In actuality, she was working with uh, the CIA and Valerie Plame, a CIA agent that was outed by, I'm trying to think. uh,
1: Scooter Libby, wasn't
0: it? Scooter Libby, that's right, vice president, general candidate. And uh, Scooter Libby was given a... uh, uh presidential pardon he was convicted so, so, so
1: basically dr afia's crime was was being a, a muslim activist who was hanging around with the wrong people in the cia namely the, the basically not so bad people in the cia and and since i'm ki- i i kind of hang around with you and that's sort of how i see you uh do i have to watch out uh, you know am i going to get kidnapped and tortured and this kind of stuff <laughs>
0: Uh, probably not, but because I go to a lot of effort to make sure I have some really, really nasty, nasty friends.
1: Yeah, that's what you've (laughs) you've mentioned that a few times. Yeah, Uh, yeah, this is is, it's not a really good advertisement for most of us to work with the CIA when stuff like
0: this happens to her. So we have an imaginary product. uh, This uranium stuff, it never existed, never existed, never sent us. And Valerie Plame is responsible for breaking down that uh, that game that would have given bush uh, something that he would have had a little more substance for going into it. but hey he, he you know he uh, managed to escape arrest anyway they couldn't get valerie plame because well one of the reasons her husband joe wilson uh who more or less today is uh, you know long time washington insider but A major journalist today, and uh, Joe Wilson took every opportunity to get not just the truth out, but to torture everyone involved that had things coming. But the fallback for the Bush administration and the state of Israel, in this case, who wanted that invasion to go forward and was going to get anyone that tried to stop it, was to go after Valerie, uh, or not Valerie Plain, but Dr. Afia. Now, Dr. Afia and her two children went on a trip. She was visiting her family in, uh, in Pakistan. While she was there, a CIA, uh, we'll see, private contracting gang, uh, gang of uh, Pakistanis kidnapped her and her two children off the street. They were paid $55,000 for her and her two two children, and she was transported to Afghanistan in the back of a car to Bagram Air Force Base, where she was put in a secret prison, where she spent five years with her children.
1: With no charges, as I understand it.
0: With no charges whatsoever.
1: Just rumors of yellow paper.
0: For the hum- rumors of yellow cake, no one has seen her children since. And well, I I, sat on the
1: according to the official sources now, there are two turned up alive. One is gone and missing and presumed dead.
0: Yeah. You know, well, I go back to I go back to the time here when they sent back a kid. OK, I was on the phone with, with Imran Khan, who was the recently ousted president of uh, uh, of Pakistan, and Afia's sister, and Afia's sister is telling the, the two of us, Khan sitting in the room next to next her, on, on his phone with her, and uh, that this wasn't the real kid. They'd never seen this kid before. <laughs> now, oh, where that goes, I'm just saying, I was there, and it happened, and, and I recorded this call, <laughs> you know, I have it, I do well, I we, do that. Send me the thing. MP3, and I'll post it to YouTube. You know, you've actually the audio, the audio is terrible, but you've actually heard it. But it was it was years ago. So we've got a Fia Siddiqui and and the years now you'll have to fill in the the timeline in this because, you know, (laughs) I ran my head through the window of a car in a motorcycle accident probably about three months ago. So.
1: And remarkably, you don't seem all that much the worse for wear. (laughs) Maybe you were just always crazy.
0: Uh, Two surgeries and we're, you know, well, there's there's something to that. So we have a Fia after five years. She's down to 87 pounds. She's in a wheelchair. She looks like death. And we have photos (laughs) in that wheelchair. I mean, 87 pounds. She can't hold her head up. She's in Bagram Air Force Base, and she is being interviewed by two FBI agents sent from Washington and three Navy SEALs. There's also an interpreter in the room to interpret whatever language, Dr. Afia Siddiqui, professor at Massachusetts Institute of Technology, an American citizen, wife of a Boston physician, who spoke in English every day of her life, mind you, uh, probably from birth. For people that smart,
1: well, maybe they needed to interpret the uh, you know smart peopleese for the um, well, young
0: people. let's get let's get how this goes. So we've got and the the people in the room. The FBI agents are about 180 pounds apiece. The Navy SEALs average around 240. Hmm. Afia at 87 pounds, she can't even hold her head up. And as Jim Dean says, you just can't make stuff like this up. Suddenly leapt out of her wheelchair. The person that was doing the translating from her Boston accent English into English that Navy SEALs could understand, apparently. Nothing over three letters, nothing over over one syllable. So she she got an M-16, leapt to her feet, knocked down the FBI agents. Wrestled with three Navy SEALs, people bigger than, bigger than either Kevin or I, and and we're old tough guys, mind you. Got that uh, rifle in her hands. SEALs rolling around the room. This eighty-seven. It's right. She's right out of a Marvel superhero uh, film. They're rolling around the room, banging into walls. She's picking them up with one finger, mind you.
1: So how do these like FBI SEALs? Uh, how, how can they? Have the uh, the gall to to tell this story? I mean, they, they well, they how, they how were ashamed, able to. How t- ashamed could they be? You know, I mean, how could they? They they must. Uh, I mean, are they laughing? Or I mean, in in a in a, cl-
0: in a closed in a closed New York courtroom with an Israeli citizen sitting on the bench. <laughs> yeah, it went just it went just fine. So apparently, the uh, interpreter who is really necessary, obviously, found a gun and shot her in the stomach. And they were able to wrestle her to the ground. Now, she was brought back to the U.S. And this is what she's convicted of, not for yellow cake uranium or being kidnapped off the streets and held prisoner at an Air Force base for five years. And this is an Air Force base where... Some of my friends oh, what do they do there? They build the roads, cook the food, peel the potatoes, this kind of stuff. This is like fight club you're in right now. So we knew she was there. You've got informants. I have informants. I have I've had informants on Bagram Air Force Base that I talk to ever every day it's been open every you can't go in and out of there without somebody calling me up to tell who it but i don't want to know no we're going to tell you anyway yeah brought back to the u.s and sentenced after the an insane trial absolutely insane and i'm surprised that they didn't have a jury made up of uh uh, 9/11 commissioners. It's what it seemed like. Since wait, wait, the eighty where do they get 80, these
1: lawyers who pretend to defend people like her and and and, and uh, Zokar, the so-called Boston bomber? I mean, these people who are just blatantly, obviously innocent, and they they don't get any defense from who's appointing these lawyers?
0: 87 years in 87 years in prison. Now, I'm try, I'm trying to remember. We had another incident happen in uh, Pakistan after this. Remember, we had a Blackwater employee uh, as a CIA contractor. And I'm trying to remember yeah, his yeah, name.
1: Yeah, yeah, Raymond Davis.
0: Raymond Davis. Now, Raymond Davis supposedly was driving around Lahore in Pakistan. Lahore is in southern Pakistan. Uh, it's a, it was a British uh, colonial city. It's a really pretty city, by the way. But <laughs> in Lahore, I mean, everybody is armed in Lahore. The... Streets are full of motorbikes, two people on a motorbike. The back guy in the motorbike's always got an AK 47. When I've actually dri- driven, r- ridden through Lahore, I had a chase car behind me and in front of me a steak truck with 15 people on it with varying forms of weapons muzzle loaders, MP5s, a lot of, you know, Chinese Alibaba, you know, SWAT outfits on. Standing there, when anyone would come up next to the car, they would just point their guns at them and wave them away. But an interesting thing, because nowhere else in Pakistan is quite like this. If you're up in uh, Rawapindi or wherever, it's just concrete and mold and really bad food. (laughs) But none of Lahore is really good food and, and really a cool place and a pretty town, you know, very tropical. But armed to the teeth. Anyway, Raymond Davis was being followed around by ISI people, Inter Services Intelligence, so Pakistan CIA, and killed the people that were following him. Was arrested for murder.
1: Well, and, and there, there were rumors that he had been up to no good, and that these ISI guys following him were, yes. you know, part of a group that was going to bust him for what he'd been doing. Whether it was false flag terror or uh, what were the, the spying on the nuclear secrets or this sort of thing?
0: Well, a few years ago when General Pasha was Director General of the ISI, I met with General Pasha for a while, uh, along with uh, General Begg, who had been the, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and some of the officials from the, the tribal territories in the, in the SWAT region. Discussing the CIA operation in uh, uh, Peshawar, and uh, that's a a town that's sort of near the near the Afghanistan border. Yeah, and, was uh, the
1: Pakistani it was, it, Taliban stuff?
0: Yeah, it was there. Is there con- contention? The uh, ISI director general's contention in a a private discussion. And it's the only time I had really good food there, by the way. If you're going to sit with the head of an intelligence agency, nobody's going to bring you crap food. But uh, they described that uh, there were bases just across the border under American protection from India's RAW and uh, Israel's Mossad who were training and arming uh, not the regular Taliban, but there's a different Taliban that the U.S. India, MI6, British intelligence, and the Mossad unleashed against Pakistan to destabilize Pakistan.
1: Yeah, that's the so-called Pakistani Taliban.
0: Yeah, it's a different Taliban. Uh, tra- translated, simply means student. <laughs> that's that's it. And so any yeah, of us were, yeah. So as a student of life, I'm Taliban. You know. And and Kevin certainly a student of life. Kevin's oh, Taliban. Yeah. I've been Taliban for a long uh, time. <laughs> But uh, it's the, the contention of the ISI that the U.S. And, and we have to remember that only a few years before, the, when the Mujahideen, the precursor to the Taliban, was involved in fighting Russians in Afghanistan, it was Pakistan's ISI and Pakistan's army. Working under General Hamid Gull, who was a former Veterans Today uh, uh, editor and He's a long-time. His
1: radio show, actually.
0: Yeah, long-time about friend. What really
1: happened on nine eleven?
0: Yeah, one of our guys, uh, who led the combined effort with the U.S. against Russia in Afghanistan, and then, of course, when they were no longer needed, the tables were turned. Now, during this time, the. Uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of Pakistan was Admiral Iftikhar Saroey. Now, Admiral Saroey, who's about 88 now, is basically as close to my dad as anybody around anyway. But um, Soroe spent a lot of time in the U.S. during this period coordinating with the, with the U.S. Army and worked closely daily with General Colin Powell who was our chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And they became close friends. Sor- Sorowy, uh called me at home and uh, asked me to contact General Powell, wrote, uh, wrote a letter, which I, <laughs> I printed out and uh, put in a nice little envelope and faked a signature on, and uh, to be given to General Powell to present to President Bush. And uh, to arrange for a a disposition here. Now, this is right here. We're we're doing a changing the guard from Bush to uh, Obama. While Bush left, then this became an Obama issue, and Powell became civilian at the time. But uh, the request from Admiral Soroy to General Powell to make some effort for justice in this case, uh, Admiral Powell or Judge General Colin Powell chickened out, uh, and God only knows we were always taught that this is the best guy in the whole world. But for whatever reason, and I don't know his reasons, he chose to. Well, I can tell you his reason. He's afraid of being smeared by the Israelis, and this would have set them on him. Uh, The question we ask is, why was it life and death important to the Mossad that Afia Siddiqui be persecuted because of her relationship with Valerie Plame, because of uh, her efforts as as part of the group to stop the invasion of uh, Iraq and the destruction of that country and the theft of almost half a trillion dollars of its oil? by organizations the Israelis were let's say well invested in Uh, Kevin what do you think about this? Yeah, that that all
1: sounds uh, pretty plausible, and uh, yet another reason to nuke Tel Aviv. Wait a second, I didn't say that, but uh, that, there are some nice people in Tel Aviv. Uh, in fact, I'm going to have a, a some anti-vax uh, Israeli types on my show next week. But but actually, Gordon, uh, getting back to Raymond Davis, wasn't there an effort to trade Raymond Davis, this this uh, American uh, contractor, CIA? Yeah, I'm glad English?
0: you oh, glad okay. you picked that up, yeah. and the a deal was cut. For a trade, Pakistan did a deal with the U.S. to, to trade, and uh, the that deal was scrapped when the CIA did a we'll call it just a you know an in run. The family was given fifty-five thousand dollars again. I keep seeing that amount of money over and over. Fifty-five grand uh, by the CIA. Under a the auspices of what the Saudis typically call blood money, that uh, if your kid uh, uh, goes out and kills a little girl next door, you know, because he's angry at her from school, uh, you can't have the kid arrested and beheaded, unless of course he's <laughs> in some group in disfavor in Saudi Arabia. But if he's, a, if he's one of the insiders, they just have to pay a little money. And it's going to be okay. And the point being, the, the people next door work can uh, uh, come over and see mom with the new baby and yank that little sucker out and bang it against the telephone pole a few times and pay, write another check for that.
1: Yeah, the- theoretically, the idea of blood money is actually supposed to be part of a sort of an, a mercy option, like if... You know, if some bad guy kills one of your people and then you catch them and at that point you can either basically, uh, you know, execute them yourself or you can be merciful and it would be very merciful for you to say, OK, if you guys, you know, pay pay us this sum, this uh, blood money sum, then we'll let this guy walk. Uh, so it's, it's considered to be part of a sort of the, the mercy aspect of Islam, but it's hard to translate that into Western culture.
0: According to Imran Khan. Uh, Con told me that the family was, uh, was threatened, dragged out of the house and beaten in order to convince them to take the money.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wouldn't put it past them. So, so this, yeah, basically where we have just a couple of minutes left, but, uh, when Ramsey Clark said this was the worst case of injustice I've ever witnessed, and he's been the lawyer for the people who've been, uh, treated unjustly, uh, would you say he's pretty much on the mark?
0: Yeah. This is, uh, I watch this stuff. I watch crazy stuff like this all day. This is the absolute... I find this offends me almost every day. Something about this case pops up somewhere. You know, we're reliving edges of it continually.
1: And Pakistan hasn't forgotten. I mean, she's she's a national hero in Pakistan. Oh, I've got
0: I've got nuclear
1: weapons, and they're pissed off. I mean,
0: yeah, I have photos from Pakistan of the of the dr afia posters that are all over the country i assure you they're everywhere you may not know who dr afia is but a couple hundred million pakistanis know really really well and are very 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 angry at us because we're are we really bad people like this kevin that bad
1: (laughs) i know we're bad but this is this is ridiculous
0: it's it's ridiculous Kidnapping, murder, five years of torture, and then in order to pull justice out of it, you know she's given a uh, – <laughs> you,
1: you shoot her, shoot her with, have a, surround her with FBI Navy SEALs, shoot her in the stomach, and then blame her and sentence her to 87 years in prison. <laughs> I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> I, would li- I would like to have the photos and home addresses of everyone who was in that room. And uh, I, would, I would do the full Donald Trump to these guys. I'd make sure that everyone knew what they, what they were, what they had done, and what horrible, horrible people they are. And, you know, the, the, we have so many cowards and malcontents, especially within the military. And, of course, you know, I won't talk about the FBI here for varying reasons but uh well
1: there there's there's some good guys in the f b i down the the lower ranks
0: oh i you know I, yes i i actually have friends in the f b i at lower ranks who are you know funny normal people yeah yep. uh, but, such yeah, as but, it is, but how many uh, yeah I can think it too. I can think it too. What are there like 60,000 of them? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you only know two. There're probably three or four more somewhere. But you know, Gordon, we hit the end of the half hour and I think you you pretty well uh, hit the hit it out of the park. I mean, any who else can I call up 2 minutes before airtime and uh, get this kind of granular detail on, on this kind of case that most Americans don't know anything about that every Pakistani knows everything about. Um, I think people need to know more about this. So, thank you for uh, for sharing your knowledge, Gordon.
0: Well, it's always fun uh, fun being on with you, Kevin. You know? <laughs> okay. And and you'll you'll have to come by uh, come by the house and visit again. Kevin was staying here the, over the summer a bit.
1: I, I would love to. It's it's a very cool place. And so, looking looking forward to it. And and keep on keep getting better. Uh, hope hope you and Carol uh, are in better shape next time we are able to drop in on
0: you. Inshallah. Inshallah.
1: Okay, take care, Gordon. Bye. Bye. That's Gordon Duff, Senior Editor of Veterans Today, who mostly posts now at theinteldrop.com. Uh, so check that out. Very, very interesting guy, and I think he's uh, he's mostly right about Dr. Afia, although I wouldn't necessarily uh, be sure that she was actually a CIA asset, but maybe she was uh, encountering the that wing of the cia that was working against the neocons and then she paid the price that's that's not impossible by any means all right let's get going here second half hour eric gajewski trad cat knight is the hardest working traditional catholic on the internet radio airwaves he's an expert on a whole lot of the issues that we talk about on this show whether it's uh new world order related stuff uh, Interfaith dialogue stuff, um, end times, Akhiru Zaman, and related items, um, and, and of course the on-rushing tyranny. Uh, so let's let's talk about some and or all of that. Hey, uh, welcome, Eric. How are you, Eric? I think we have Eric. No, maybe I shouldn't have kicked Gordon off so fast. I was uh, expecting Eric to be on here. How are you there? He is. Hey, Eric. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Kevin? Pretty Appreciate good. it. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have you. So I, I was talking on your show a while back and and here mm-hmm. you are. So, yeah, uh, it's this is an, it was supposed to be a sort of interfaith uh, show I was going to have on al Muri Salakhan in the first half hour to talk about Afia Siddiqui. He runs the uh, Afia Foundation, but I think he's having health problems. So I brought on Gordon Duff instead, who actually has been involved in that case. And uh, and then in the final hour of the show, we're going to have uh, Brian Ruh, the uh, Buddhist Nazi ufologist, um, probably the world's leading one, maybe the only one, uh, along with Apollonius, uh, who's a an expert, apparently, uh, on Satanism. And so I'm okay. not quite sure where to start. What do you want to talk about? Afia Siddiqui, Satanism, <laughs> interference, right. whatever. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean,
2: uh Where, Geez, where should we start? I mean, I guess my main area of expertise is the apostasy in in the church, and I'm sure a lot of you are seeing Francis, the man who claims to be uh, the pope of the the Catholic Church, saying a lot of non-Christian things uh, as of late. And uh, he just recently had a a visit to Kazakhstan where he was uh, saying all kinds of stuff that run contrary to uh, Catholic teaching. And we believe that we're... for example? Uh, well, one in particular, He's, he said that we're all on the path uh, to heaven, meaning like all religions are equal, which is a big no-no in the Catholic religion. I mean, that's a pretty fundamental Catholic doctrine or Christian doctrine, right? Um,
1: that's interesting. Yeah, there's there's a debate about that in, in Islam, of course.
2: Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, time, a- time after time, he keeps saying things that run contrary to uh, Catholic teaching. We believe that we're getting we're getting closer to even some more uh, dangerous events. Uh, there's a the one particular Catholic prophecy that we believe pertains to Benedict the Sixteenth, who I believe is the true Pope. It's a little bit of an interesting situation. I have to know a little bit of hi- history with the Catholic Church, but there's been I don't know sixty or so anti popes, and they're basically false popes who present themselves as the Pope. And unfortunately, some Catholics will follow that particular Pope. But without you know getting into the detail, of that we believe that. Right now we have a situation where, where Benedict XVI actually, uh, quote-unquote, resigned under pressure. I'm not sure if you remember that from some years ago. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I
1: was, he, he cited sexual Freemasonry as the problem that made him resign, which is pretty strange.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I was the first in Catholic media to come out and immediately say that Benedict XVI was still the true pope. And I said more people in Catholic media would pick up on it, not only from the, the Catholic prophecies, Side of things because there's we can get into some of these prophecies such as Blessed Anna Emmerich that talked about a uh, end time pope that would be uh, put off to the side in a castle, uh, and he had very few friends left in the Vatican uh, Castle Gandolfo's where Castel Gandolfo however you want to say it is uh, where Benedict the Sixteenth uh, pretty much remains and. Um, from some of my uh, sources, I'm close with a father, Paul Kramer, who knows quite a few cardinals and there's, there's a de facto schism in the church right now. Uh, those who will silently say or agree that Benedict XVI is the true Pope and the others who are just going to run into one, one world religion, uh, path. Um, that's where we get into a whole other side conversation in, in regards to who is actually, Behind the apostasy, you mentioned masonry there. Yeah, the three M's I call it. There's masonry, there's Marxism, and then the last one's modern modernists. That one might be a little bit new to those who are not.
1: All, all three kind of go together to a certain extent, don't they?
2: But yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They all, they're all all interlinked for sure. Uh, but the modernist is basically a false Catholic. He's your Joe, uh, Joe Biden type, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, if anyone really thinks that they're Catholic, I mean, it's like, come on, really? They're not following any of the Catholic uh, teachings. So. um but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting times ahead. And the reason why I mentioned that Benedict XVI was a true pope, and many people don't realize this, so this is a little tidbit or nugget for you. Everyone could probably go up on Google right now or after the show and just type in uh, Pope Benedict XVI assassination attempt. And you'll see how shortly before his supposed resignation, there were, there were actually um, assassination attempts on him in the form of uh, poisoning and many people think that John Paul I was poisoned by Freemasonry. I'm sure you've probably maybe covered that in time's passing. It lasted 33 days. They they just, yeah. of course, uh, beatified him. It was September the 4th or the 5th, actually. Um, they beatified him, which is kind of, it's a whole other side topic, too, but – um yeah, I mean, it's we're getting to that point where I believe and all – and I've been saying this, and, and a lot of people roll their eyes when I say this, but I base it upon what the synagogue is saying, what these top Talmudic rabbis are saying. They are saying that their messianic era is going to start next year. I'm not sure, Kevin, if you saw some of these uh, headlines, but – No, specifically,
1: past, who, who says that? Uh,
2: some of the top Talmudic rabbis from, from the synagogue. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the rabbis' last names. Um, I don't know. I don't think Skorka was one of them, uh, but some of them uh, f- from coming off of the Jerusalem Post. Um, trying to mention, remember their names now. But and well, the thing about it is they're they're saying they're. I think their next year is their um, their uh, jubilee year, um, jubilee year for for the synagogue. But they're they're preparing the temple. Did you see that headline this last week of the uh, five red. Uh, heifers, hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly, but they got there. those. Heifers, I think, yeah. Heifers, yeah. Heifers, yeah. heifers they're... they're well, heifers f- from
1: Hyphop.
2: Yeah, heifers from Hyphop. They were actually raised by, like, some Texan, some quote-unquote Christian, quote, Christian Zionists, I guess, specifically raised raised them for them, and they got shipped over there. But then the the Ben uh Airport is now staging to have all, you know, 70 nations show up, so they want to expand the airport or whatnot. I mean, they're doing all these, like, little subtle things that from... But the early Catholic Church fathers indicated they said, if you want to know that the you know the Jewish Antichrist is here, these are the signs to look for. This preparation for the third, third temple, he's going to be the one to uh, ultimately put it together here soon. So we kind of see it kind of a coming together on that level. You got the interfaith movement that you mentioned.
1: And let, let's just make sure the listeners are reminded that this notion of rebuilding the temple and having the uh, so-called jewish messiah or person that christians and muslims would call the antichrist rule the world from the new temple in jerusalem uh, this messianic uh, yearning or plan or whatever it is would require destroying the masjid al aqsa which is the islamic world's oldest and greatest architectural monument and trying to do that of course would ignite an all-out war with islam and Pakistani nukes would probably start flying towards Israel and stuff. So, so the only way that could happen would be under cover of war or total catastrophe. It's just not something they could do overnight. They can't just blow that up. It would be, be like dynamiting the Vatican.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what false flag will happen over there soon. I've got a lot of analysts indicating they'll try to hit the dome of the rock or something here soon. Blame it on Iran. I don't, I don't know exactly how it's going to fall out, but when the Antichrist steps out onto the scene, he is going to form um, a false peace treaty uh, from from a uh, Catholic, uh, you know, tradition. He's going to form a uh, false peace treaty between, um, you know, the Islamic state and the the Jewish state. Um, Again, I've, I've indicated – I don't I've know if you've looked into this uh, character. I, I think his esoteric or his uh, general name is Maitreya. I don't think it's anyone on the world stage right now. I think he's going to step out onto the world stage after the economic collapse and we'll like – I mean, I think people who listen to your radio show will be easily able to identify him. Just... So,
1: so, yeah, Maitreya is some is is, um, like a holy holy man, self-proclaimed prophet or messiah or something like that, right?
2: Yeah no I mean he cl- he claims to be he cl- well he he doesn't openly say he's god on his website but he says he is the leader of the world and he always capitalizes everything you know come follow my plan you know, when
1: I when I get emails from people who say that they're the uh, they're that they're god or they're the leader of the world and they come like in all caps I, I just hit the de- delete button usually all Right.
2: Yeah no I mean like I said I I've, listen, it's not one of those things where I've just looked at him for a couple of weeks. I've, I've literally been studying this guy in and out for like 10 plus years, and he perfectly lines up with tradition. Again, not anyone that we see out on the world stage right now, I think we'll, we'll all know, you know, when that time comes. But you
1: know, I, yeah, I would have voted for Bibi Netanyahu for Antichrist. He, he had money. All right.
2: Well, did you see what's what's the new uh, the new guy's name, the prime minister? He was talking about how uh, Israel is now open for a two state solution. I, I don't even remember what his, yeah,
1: right. what is his name. Oh gosh, I'm I'm spacing it out. You know, Bibi was just so uh right. overwhelming in his presence that I can't even think of anybody else uh running Israel. i they <laughs> <sure. laughs> I think Bibi's coming back actually. He's poised to to I would back doubt in power.
2: I would not doubt it. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it's all I don't I don't know what your opinion is, but I, I mean, just politics whether it's our country or other countries, I think it's all kind of stage doodry at this point. Everyone's sort of playing their their part, but I mentioned on your show or when you came on my show, excuse me, uh, the message of Fatima being very, very important because yeah, yeah, let's,
1: let's get into that, because, you know, I've done a bunch of stuff on that issue uh, with people, uh, a lot of traditional Catholics like uh, Peter Trichnowski and, and yeah. Gary Jiffre, uh who were experts on that. Uh, do you. Here. Does your view line up with theirs?
2: Yeah, I would say pretty much. I used to have Peter on my show uh, quite regularly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the ultimate the ultimate message was the Blessed Virgin Mary came and she said, you know, the world's moving in the wrong direction. Uh, in order for world peace to be secured, that uh, Russia would have to be consecrated to her immaculate heart. And there's been, like, phony attempts, you know, consecration of the world, but nothing specific to Russia. Most recently with Francis, who who he said he was going to do it specifically on day one, and then he changed it into a consecration of Russia. And we all see after the fact how it hasn't produced any fruit. I mean, it's getting, at least on
1: the surface level, worse. I mean, you got yeah, Well, it, it looks to me, though, that, that actually, you know, Russia is – Kind of returning to its Christian roots and moving away from its uh, communist and Freemasonic past, and that is precisely what the Antichrist forces don't like about Russia, which is why we're seeing an acceleration of the war on Russia. Yeah, I mean, to some degree, I, I
2: would agree with that. But the, the basically, the, the nuts and bolts of it, per the Fatima message, I don't know, if Peter, explain this to you, but Russia will become Catholic. Russia,
1: is going to Yes, curse. yeah, and this is this is where I I mean you're well, you know, obviously you're, no, you're no, right yeah. to your views and I right to my, but but I I I think you know I think it's bigger than these kinds of sort of sectarian labels that is you know the real followers of jesus the real followers of all the prophets uh muhammad you know peace upon all of them uh are not necessarily going to all be wearing the same badge the same label um swearing loyalty to the same bureaucratic organization you know the, the jesuits and i'm sure you agree the jesuits are a problematic group uh just carried the problem of a certain uh kind of sectarian quality of catholicism to its logical conclusion which is where they're sort of worshiping the bureaucracy rather than god and, you know, all bureaucracies have this problem. They always start being about perpetuating themselves rather than about their original mission. You know, nonprofit groups have this problem, too. And so to my mind, like Catholicism has it's it's encompassed all kinds of truth, all kinds of good works it's It's a really rich, wonderful tradition. It's probably the most important tradition or in, in the in the West or the part of the West that isn't Islamic i think islam is western too that's another story in any case but but that that problem of identifying with the brand, identifying with the corporation, identifying with the bureaucracy, taking orders from the c e o or the pope or whatever that confuses people and then you're not going to realize that in fact. You're you're on the same team as a bunch of really good people uh, who have a different label, whether they're Eastern Orthodox, whether they're Muslim or what have you. So in that sense, I think that, you know, you said that the pope uh, was in on shaky ground when he said that everybody's bound for heaven. And if he said that, yeah, maybe I don't think everybody is. But but there are, I think, people probably bound for heaven uh, who have a whole lot of different official sort of religious labels on them. Is that something that you would agree with or not?
2: Well, well, Catholicism, yeah, no, Catholicism basically says it's one way or the highway. It's like there's no, uh, there's one infall- it's an infallible doctrine, and, that
1: and that's why that's one of the reasons it's falling apart. Is because how, how can anybody really believe that? Looking around the world and in this modern age of communication with people well, I think from every corner of the world,
2: I think it's going to be important though for the times ahead when, eventually down the road, China is going to turn on Russia. So I, th- I think China's kind of playing Russia here a little bit. They want Russia to kind of go in Europe. Russia's going to attack the United States via Catholic prophecy. They're going to overrun Europe. And then when that time comes, when they're sort of weakened a little bit, because they're not just going to completely steamroll, that's when China will come in to basically t- take over Europe. And so that's why I was trying to explain. Mark Dankoff's going to be on my show uh, on Sunday. We're going to do a Sunday night radio show, and I tried to explain that to him. That's why the consecration is going to be necessary because – Anyone who bears the name of Christian, it's going to have to be total unity. There can be no, there there can be no more like thirty thousand denominations. There can't be Greek Orthodox. Can't be. It's going to have to be a total unification in order to, you know, to to hold the bastion of Christianity together. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting topic. Not, I mean, obviously, I've talked with a lot of Russian Orthodox, and they think that's complete hooey. Uh, there's one particular prophecy that I think. Um, really will wake up russia blessed virgin mary back in 1950s revealed to blessed sister Ayalo that at a certain point in time when Russia's doing what it's doing after a certain point after attacking the united states and gonna probably let loose all kinds of nuclear stuff and then kind of move in behind that type of thing uh that's when god chastises russia and burns up russia via this it 's a chastisement from the sun, so the whole Fatima message the Blessed Virgin Mary came. She used the miracle of the sun. A lot of people thought it was like sort of the end of the world, right you know right then and there uh, of a hundred thousand people were there, atheists, freemasons, people who weren 't Catholic, converted that day. and so I think the Blessed Virgin Mary when you read these prophecies it's going to there's going to be another uh, using of the sun, so that 's why I bring out some of these top. Um, You know, like space weather people like Ben Davidson, because everyone's talking about EMPs and solar flares coming down. It's going to be very much like that movie The Knowing, basically, where it comes down and fries a good part of the Earth. It's in Scripture. It's also in Catholic prophecy. And and my point is Russia is largely going to be burnt up due to that prophecy. I want to say like maybe two-thirds, maybe three-fourths of Russia is going to be burnt up. Due to that prophecy, and I think well, that's
1: interesting because a lot, you know, all of the uh, global warming scientists are saying that probably Russia is one of the best places to be because the rest of the planet's going to burn up. But like, you know, Canada, the very northern part of the U.S., and much of Russia are actually going to be much more habitable in in the not too distant future than they are now. But of course, that's a that's a yeah. whole different story.
2: Right. No. Yeah. There's gonna be, well, if, when you read prophecy, there's gonna be very few safe places. To be honest with you, but I mean, in the United States, we're not gonna fare fare much better. I'm I'm actually expecting a lot more earth changes to hap uh, to happen here pretty soon. But yeah, I mean, so the Fatima message is that it's a pretty interesting message, and uh, you know, I try I've been promoting that now. You know, not as long as uh, Peter or some of these others, but certainly um, get out there and try to just. You know, remind everyone, because when I first started doing this, uh, Kevin, like the neocon media was just like laughing at me. Like, what are you talking about? You know, Russia is not going to do this. Russia not-. I mean, you can see how close we're getting. I mean.
1: Right. right. W- but, but I mean, wouldn't you agree that what's going on now, though, is, is really a, a new world order. And by new world order, what I mean is the rule of a relatively small number of sort of interlinked people and families who have managed to maintain the preponderance of Western-based financial power through the usury banking system. And those people have uh, Freemasonic cult links, and they use those cults to infiltrate and steer other organizations like you know, corporations, the Black Catholic Church, et cetera, et cetera. So that Western New World Order bankster elite is trying, which which I would say is probably pretty identical with Antichrist, is seeking one world rule, and it has uh, control of the US military, which it's using to wage these satanic wars of aggression all over the world, the Middle East after 9-11, and now against Russia. I mean, you would admit, wouldn't you, that the satanic Western New Order, New World Order bankster elite is waging a war of aggression against Russia, and Russia is simply defending itself.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting take. My my take on it is this. I think they're all puppets and stooges. Like, for me personally, I'm not sold on Putin. It seems to me that he has some jewelry in his background. There's a lot of people who suggest that he's a royal arc Freemason. I've had a, a, quite a few analysts come on and you talk say the, about ju- that. The
1: jewelry is still out on Putin.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. I mean, I've had some people even, like... Show me birth certificates, and I think I think they say his mom is a Jewish. So you know he's he's KGB. But, you know, that doesn't he's,
1: necessarily mean he's a bad guy, right? I mean, there are lots
2: of. Uh, I'm not gonna you know, say he's a bad guy. I just can't. There's a lot of people in Russia who don't even you know they're not buying into to Putin. So it's hard. Like, listen, I'm not saying.
1: Um, how, how do we well, put, well, forget Putin? Let's just say the people in Russia who don't want to have their country destroyed and raped and looted by the New World Order Western bankers who did that to them in 1990. They lost 10 years of male life expectancy. Their country collapsed. And they don't want that to happen again. And they are being attacked again by the same Western aggressors, uh, similar to what Napoleon and Hitler did, only now it's coming through Ukraine and it's the satanic Western bankster New World Order elite that's attacking them, right? Forget Putin. This is just what it looks like to any Russian person. Right. I mean, that's that's just the
2: thing, though. Is, I mean, is it is it scripted or is this really organically happened? Can we, blend, you know,
1: yeah, it's a world takeover attempt by the banksters. I mean, come on. <laughs>
2: What yeah. else could it be? That's what you all well, that's what my opinion is. I mean they're all scripted. I mean even the knucklehead over there in China is is it appears to be a Mason. I've got Gary Wayne that comes on my show and he's he's dug into his bloodlines. He's another one that says Putin is uh, a Mason too as well. Gary Wayne, he does my show a lot. So, I don't know, they all seem to kind of have some type of bloodline. I mean Putin's even talked about, you know, being a leader in the new world order with China. So, I mean, he's kind of like Trump to me. You know, you can sit there and do like, you know, half a dozen pros, but then you go on the other side and you're like, okay, these things really don't line up. And my concern is he's just a KGB asset who's using the Russian Orthodox church to sort of use as a cover to maybe overstep his, his boundaries, you know, not just, yeah, take I, I can see
1: that, you know, Obama said he was, he thought Putin was kind of like a, a, a small time mafiosi or a, you know, a a neighborhood boss or something, you know, he, a sharp, uh, but kind of somewhat brutal uh, cynical uh, smooth operator type, you know, or almost right. could have run an organized crime unit. And yeah, maybe I think that's probably unflattering. I think Putin is actually much smarter than that and probably has somewhat higher ideals, Uh, I I would see him as just a competent national leader who is pursuing a very cautious path um, in a very, very difficult situation when his nation is under attack by forces that are trying to destroy it. And other people in his nation understand this as well. And so if he's gone, you know, whoever else runs Russia is going to have to do pretty much the same thing. And they might be a lot less moderate than him, uh, because I think the general criticism of Putin is that he has been he's he's bent over backward to try to uh, accommodate these Western bankster Satanists who are trying who were attacking Russia. And he probably should have been much firmer. Much Well, he's.
2: Yeah, he's definitely given us a last warning. Like, even when Trump was in office, he was giving us a last warning over the serious situation. So a lot of people failed to forget that. So, yeah, I mean, the key thing to look for in that, when, when Russia will actually do something, because everyone's like, okay, when does this really, you know, get spicy? Whether you want to say we're already in World War Three, which, listen, I'm not going to argue against, but, I mean, it is – I mean – the missiles are going to fly. I think it's actually going to be like a a multitude of levels. I think there's going to be uh, more uh, bio-warfare, um, with more germ games, what Bill Gates calls germ games, according to the Dark Winter script, Russia is going to be blamed for a smallpox. Whether they really do it or not is a whole other story. Probably most people listening to the show are probably just think it's our own country doing. it. I'm not going to argue against that. I'm just telling you that's what the script says. EMP, you know, could be blamed on them, but that I mean, they really are legitimately going to let the missiles fly. This is in Catholic prophecy too, as well. That one mystic that I told you. Blessed Virgin Mary said back in 1960s that uh, Russia with her secret weapons would uh, battle America and overrun Europe and every day, like, like some sort of new hypersonic missile or that new Chernobyl thing they were talking about today. I mean, they, they got stuff that's just like, I don't even know why we're we're, met, we're playing games with them, because they will really ruin yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, between
1: Russia with its weapons and its resources and China with its industrial capacity, this is a suicidal fight. So maybe somebody oh. is actually scripting the destruction of the West. It's, oh, it kind of looks
2: sure. that way, doesn't it? For sure. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Um, but, you know, listen, that's I think that's where we're at. Oh, I wanted to bring bring this point. When you see Francis go to Moscow, according to one um, Marian apparition from the early 1960s called uh, um it was foretold that when you see a pope, quote unquote, go to Moscow to put a detente together, you know, ceasefire between the east and west, because this is going to escalate. Um, I think it's going to run all the way prior to like early spring. Um, like, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily going to be before the, the years up, but when you I mean see Fran- Francis, Francis
1: is going to Moscow in early spring, well, if, if that happens, uh, you heard it oh, here yeah. first he, folks.
2: Yeah. W- no, that's why I want to, that's one of the main things I want to get across to your, to your audience, because when you see that happen, like you better get to Walmart, you better get to Costco, you better do everything that you could do in that toilet paper, <laughs> everything because, uh, Garibandol says it's literally, he doesn't even get back to the Vatican and Russia go. That's when they lose it. So. I think it's going to be more in the springtime. I've got some of my analysts think it could be, you know, even before the falls up. I'm, I'm not sure they could stage this out however long they want to. But that's uh, certainly a, a, you know, <laughs> when you see him go to Moscow, it's it's,
1: it's <laughs> when the Pope out. goes to Moscow buy toilet paper. You know, it sounds like a code word that, you know, I, the, the <laughs> FBI is probably kicked kick down my door thinking that I'm sending some code to some right. somewhere. by right, 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 saying right. That phrase. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but,
2: yeah, no, there's a lot happening in the world. Yeah, so on the show, uh, again, it's tradcatnight.org, T-R-A-D-C-A-T-K-N-I-G-H-T.org. I typically do about 100 podcasts a month. I mean, I could, there's some days where I could have five guests uh, on the program. Yeah, you're, four, you're really
1: amazing. You're the energizer bunny of uh, traditional Catholicism and, or, uh, hey. and and broadcasting. I, I really am uh, amazed by your output. I mean, some people, Bonnie Faulkner thinks that I'm a hardworking radio guy, but i got to tell her about you. All right. Well yeah, we I
2: work I literally work every day. We do I do podcasts Monday through Saturday and I got a live radio show seven to nine, seven to ten, um on every Sunday night. I got Mark Dankoff coming on uh this weekend. We're gonna talk some areas that we have some some common points, um you know, where we cross with common points. But yeah, I mean, I cover it all, though. It's not just like church related stuff. And I bring out people to say whatever they want to say. I don't censor. I don't like bring them on to trial. Yeah,
1: and I really appreciate that. You know, you, you, yeah. you combine that firm, you know, Catholic grounding with an ability to listen to other points of view, which yeah. is great.
2: Yeah. And just, I mean, just provide, you know, other you know, areas or points maybe that some of my guests haven't considered, you know what I mean, kind of balance it out a little bit. But, yeah, I cover it all, e- economics, politics, geopolitics, earth changes, whatever, secret societies. Heck, I've done show on freaking giants and UFOs, too, as
1: well. You know, every- Have you ever had Brian Rue on your show? I have not. Well, he's coming not. up in the next hour, and, and he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's my favorite Buddhist Nazi ufologist. Uh, he used you. to be just a Buddhist Nazi, and, and I, he's taken up UFOs lately, so um, <laughs> it should be interesting.
2: Yeah, that's, that sounds like an interesting show, huh? The whole hour of that.
1: Yeah, well, he's, he's bringing on this guy, uh, Apollonius, Apollucius, or whatever his name is. <laughs> so, uh, well, he, he kept emailing me, when to come on my show and sort of argue about some stuff that gets published at the UNS Review. So um, it turns oh. out he knows Brian. So Brian and Apollonius uh, are coming yeah, on the yeah. show in just a few minutes. So yeah, we're just about at the bad. end of this hour. Yeah, no, it was fun. Yeah, appreciate
2: it, Kevin, and you can yeah, check thanks, out uh, every month on, on my show. Uh, yeah, sign up, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can do this again. Appreciate
1: it. Okay, well, thank you so much, Eric Gajewski of TradCat Night. Uh, really interesting stuff you do, covering all kinds of ground from the traditional Catholic perspective and the conspiracy-aware red pill perspective as well. So take care. That's Eric Gajewski. I'm Kevin Barrett back in the next hour with Brian Rue and uh, Apollonius talking about, well, first I'm curious about what Brian has to say about the UFO issue because I, I don't think I've really gotten deep into that. And somebody's preparing us for disclosure. New York Times is telling us that some UFOs are real. Congress is officially on the record that some UFOs are not human-made. So this is a good time to check in with Brian about that. And then we'll see what Apollonius thinks as well. Kevin Barrett, you're listening to Truth Jihad Radio. The website is truthjihad.com. Broadcasting live on Revolution Radio every Friday night. Revolution.radio is that website. We'll be back in a few minutes. Stick around.